Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict de Moore Parish in the Hill District and also St. Mary Magdalene Parish, serving the communities of the East End, Homewood, Point Breeze, and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. The calendar has flipped to June, and that means we have completed another school year. And what a year it was, keeping our Catholic schools open throughout the pandemic, keeping everyone safe and students learning. Teachers and staff, students and parents all pulled together, finding new ways to learn in the classroom and also from home. Teachers went above and beyond to make sure their instruction was effective and students followed the guidelines. In the Pittsburgh East region, educators are working to build sustainable Catholic elementary schools that can serve families with demonstrated financial need. There's also continued emphasis on teaching students in the 21st century skills so that they can be ready for jobs in the future. Here to recap a remarkable school year is Mr. Joseph Rossi, who is the administrator of the Pittsburgh East Regional Catholic Elementary Schools. Joe, welcome this morning. Uh, to Catholic Education Plus. Thank you, Father. Glad to be here. And welcome back. Uh, Joe, it wasn't easy, but our elementary schools were able to stay open through this academic year with occasional brief closures. How did everyone pull it off? Well, uh, first of all, I'd just like to take a moment to say thank you to our instructional staff and our families who really were the linchpin of being able to keep our schools open from the onset of the school year. So our administrators, our teachers, our families, obviously our support staff and our custodial staff worked overtime to set up classrooms, to to create abatement measures, to communicate with families, and to do things to allow us to be able to create a safe environment for our kids to be in school. And for those families that may have had an issue with their kids coming to school, we also provided those virtual instruction opportunities like we've talked about before that really gave everyone the opportunity to suit whatever their family needs were and became successful throughout the school year. Now, there were a number of changes in roles as the school year continued and public health conditions shifted. It was almost uh, daily and weekly. How did you have your principals, teachers, and families adjust to all the ongoing changes? They did, like I had mentioned earlier, just a fantastic job of really being pliable. We started at the beginning of the school year with a certain distance. The kids needed to be apart. That changed as the vaccine got rolled out. We were able to, as a system, work as hard as we can to get our school teachers and other faculty and staff members vaccinated come early spring. And, you know, everyone just did did their part to try to adjust as best they can. In addition, you know, our diocese isn't on an island here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mrs. Michelle Peduto, our our area superintendent, was able to coordinate with other superintendents in different dioceses across the state 
and even have weekly meetings to share best practices about what was going well and what we could correct. And again, all that together really worked out to make our school year successful. And, and everyone did a tremendous job. It was just kudos uh, to you and Michelle, uh, Anna Torrance, all the principals and uh, our, our faculty and staff and the, the cleaning, janitorial, uh, everyone just phenomenal uh, adjusting. Now, Joe, the academic achievement is obviously a top priority. What's your sense of how our Catholic schools did in helping students learn and grow, especially this past year? So one of the best things that we've been able to do is continue our annual measure of Iowa exams for our students. Now, typically in a regular year, we would do this in the fall where we would assess the kids. It would help our teachers know what they needed to learn and what they were really doing well with. This year, we were able to assess them just this past few weeks. And so although the timing is a little bit different, we're going to be able to have tangible data to show our colleagues that says our kids have been successful um, and, and again, help us plan for the next year because of all the variables that existed before. We're just we're really in a position now to, to, to continue and capitalize on this community that we've built out of necessity because of the pandemic and allow our teachers, our families and our kids to continue to work hard and really address some of the needs that they might have academically. I guess it's always good to just make sure everybody's on the, on the right track, especially this year, obviously, was a, a difficult year with some kids in person and others were home. But that testing really got you a good where everybody's at. Absolutely. Uh, good. Get ready for this coming fall. Now, a number of Catholic elementary schools have had to close or merge in recent years due to declining enrollment and rising debt. But you have some good news to share about enrollment as you complete your second year here in the, in the East region. We do. Uh, thankfully, through the grace of God and our hard efforts, we're actually seeing an increase in enrollments from the 2021 school year to next year. Now, what's really surprising for us is as we're reviewing these um, numbers from our board, we actually have more kids enrolled for next year than we even did in 1920, which hmm. means that although things might have been a little bit skewed differently based on you know, the pandemic considerations, families that may have come into our system who were looking for a respite from the public schools that they had that were whatever issues that they were experiencing during the pandemic. Not only are they staying, we've got more kids coming in, really seeking and understanding our mission, and families really appreciate the community that we've built. That's fantastic. And in talking to uh, several of the principals here uh, in the East region, you know, their, their enrollment is uh, definitely growing for next year because the parents want that in-person instruction. That was such a, a big pivotal uh, selling point, so to speak, for parents. They want their kids in the classroom. And a lot of the public and other private schools weren't open uh, this past year, or they opened and they closed. But the Catholic schools, we stayed open um, since the last fall. We did. From from the beginning of the school year, uh, you know, at the end of August, the beginning mm -hmm. of September, we've been open all, all year round. And we really do feel like uh, that dichotomy between allowing lots of our students to come to school and the other students who need extra help working virtually is a great way to instruct kids. Give them that option. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Great. Now, Joe, there are six schools in the Pittsburgh East region, Divine Mercy in Monroeville, Holy Family in Plum, Mary of Nazareth in White Oak, Sacred Heart in Shadyside, St. Beath in Point Breeze, uh, and St. Teresa of Lisieux in Munhall. You've just completed your second year as a region with the governing board. What are your key achievements uh, after the second year? So we're really proud of, of the sustainability that we've created in our region. And like we just mentioned before, we've got more students and families coming to, 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 to our regional schools. 
one of the one of the logistical challenges with regions is providing accessibility to students. And so what we try to do is uh, working with our with our school board and our local principals is have sites that are available for kids no matter where you are. So, of course, we have two here in the city to, to, to take care of our city students, but we've got schools, like we said, out Monroeville, Plum, White Oak, Munhall, and we will work with any family to make sure that they're able to get to wherever their family feels most comfortable, which is the right fit for, you know, whatever their kids need. Yeah. And, and being here in the East region, obviously, this is where I'm at. Uh, St. Bede is on my campus here at St. Mary Magdalene. And, um, and it, just the location of Sacred Heart uh, is not too far down the street, but we serve this, the city area kids. And then the outlining area is strategically p- uh, placed by Mercy Covers, uh, Monroeville, the Parkway East Corridor. You have Holy Family out in Plum, uh, taking care of Plum and Oakmont, um, that whole east, in eastern Allegheny County. You have Mary of Nazareth and White Oak serving uh, the Mon Valley area. And then across the river, of course, uh, St. Teresa and Munhall taking care of Homestead, Duquesne, West Mifflin, that whole area. So it's, it's really strategically uh, placed. Uh, so the access for families to choose uh, Catholic education, would you say, uh, the East region is pretty well suited where each school is for us. We are, and, and we're very ha- happy to be able to be physically placed in those locations. Uh, if I could just pivot for a moment, one of our other key achievements here is the continuity of our faith formation for our students. You know, with this being a pandemic, it's been very challenging for, for, for children who are encountering Christ for the first time in, in, their, in their Holy Communion or our eighth graders who are moving on with their confirmation. And so what we were able to do is, is continually work with our local pastors and our, our regional principals and families to make sure that we're continuing with our spiritual preparation, because ultimately our goal here is to bring students and families closer to God. Absolutely. And although academics play a, a prime role, our foundation is here is, is in Christ. And so we're, we're very, very happy that, you know, one of our key achievements is the continuity of, of that opportunity as well. And with the governing board, I want to add a little bit to that before we go to the break. The governing board, uh, there are representatives from all the parishes. So each parish has some type of representation on the governing board. Can you explain our listeners how that is? um, Absolutely. So uh, our school board is not just made up of representatives from individual schools. They're actually made up of lady and clergy members from the parish groupings. Again, another connection between the diocese and, and our faith formation and our actual school academic operation. So our board uh, is, is, like I said, made up of uh, professionals who lend key skills like marketing and legal opportunities, accounting, that type of stuff where they're, you know, they can lend their professional skill set. But also, you know, half of our board is made up of clergy members who can help di- direct our spiritual formation for our families. And we get a good representation of, of all of our parishes in the uh, in the east on on the board to help drive our mission forward. And then you meet with them on a regular basis. We do. We, so we actually meet monthly, and then we have those members that lead individual committees, including finance, marketing, operations, academic, faith, and spiritual life. And and those those uh, committees meet once a month as well. So not only do we have individual meetings with buildings and principals and teachers and how do we get better at, at doing this craft of, uh, of teaching, but also we have these folks who are really volunteers and are giving a lot of their time and talent to be able to, uh, you know, to help move our mission forward as a governing board too. Well, that's good. And that way they, they're, they're there to assist you. These are professional people. They have vested interests in, in developing, whether if it's buildings, maintenance, finances, education, you have a well-rounded 
advisors and they're there to advise you and advise the principals. And then also you have a mix of clergy too, uh, to have some input on it. So it's, it sounds like it's a well-oiled machine. It, it is. And, and uh, I would also like to take a moment to say thank you to Lisa Durbin, who is our regional business manager. And so, you know, for business managers, typically at schools, they were only running a single site and she has the Herculean task of running our six school buildings, finances, as well as our regional office. So in support with our board, we're very happy and glad to glad to keep working with them. We'll take a break. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus with Father Tom Burke here on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Education Plus. I'm Father Tom Burke, pastor at St. Benedict the Moore Parish in the Hill District and also St. Mary Magdalene Parish serving the East End, Point Breeze, Homewood and Wilkinsburg sections of the city of Pittsburgh. And on this Corpus Christi Sunday, uh, we are featuring the East Regional Schools. Mr. Joseph Rossi, our regional director, is my guest here this morning. Now, Joe, keeping our regional elementary schools sustainable and affordable for all families remains obviously a top goal. How are you pulling together the funding sources uh, to assist? Thank you, Father Tom. And I'm glad that you had an opportunity to bring this up because it, it is fundamental to us to make sure that, that our families understand that finances should not be a hurdle to your child coming to a Catholic school. So with that as a baseline, there's three ways that we function where we end up funding our schools. Parishes contribute uh, either directly as a subsidy, like here at St. Pete or Mary Magdalene Parish helps subs- subsidize directly St. Pete's school. Mm-hmm. Parishes that don't have schools directly attached to them subsidize the school through a diocesan contribution. That's way one. So we're able to help fund the operations through our parishes. Again, another great way that we can work together with our local pastors and and, and parishes and and integrate them into our school life. The second way is that families apply for aid through the diocese through our FACTS program. And so they go online, they put some pertinent pieces of information about their family's finances. And if it's judged that they have have demonstrated need to get money, we're able to fund that through a diocesan grant. The third way is that we're working through Mike Frecker's office, who is a part of our stewardship office at the diocese, allowing us to get money through the EITC and OSTC programs. Those acronyms basically mean that families and businesses can contribute some of their tax money to actually go to scholarships to help fund and help low-income families who are looking for us to have the ability to be able to help assist them in an additional way. So outstanding, uh, all of those processes, local parishes have gone above and beyond to create angel funds that help out families where there's catastrophic issues. So like, for example, a family that may have had some kind of employment issue, someone gets you know, ill or there's, their house burns down. All of those are circumstances actually that's happened this current year where parishes have been able to step up and say, we don't want to see you leave the community. This is an unforeseen you know, circumstance. We're going to be able to financially help your family and keep your kids in Catholic education. So really, this is a holistic effort where the region and the diocese and the local school communities are able to work together with our parishes to help get kids the assistance they need so they can continue in their educational plan. Sounds like it's there's always good plans for people. You know, obviously, there's extra resources available for people. You never want to turn in a way in one way. Absolutely. Good. Now, Joe, our regional elementary schools are focused on teaching students in the 21st century skills to prepare uh, jobs for tomorrow. How is the new technology helping with that? 
One of the things that the pandemic did, if, there's, if it's possible to take a positive out of our circumstance, was force our instructional staff and our building leaders to really move into a virtual environment. Mm. And that isn't just working over the internet, but it's also, if you think about it, getting the tools for kids to access them. So Chromebooks, iPads, just physically being able to get onto their classrooms, but then also teaching our staff to, to be able to teach something that's never been done before. In the history of education, we have never really had an environment where we were teaching to physically present students and real time teaching the students at home. So that if you're at home and you ask a question, sometimes those things are answered by kids in class. <laughs> Teachers are working with groups that are both physically present and virtual. And so all of this new technology or the, 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 the circumstances that have facilitated their need have pushed us to become better educators. So kids who are proficient in, in technology or even kids that are emergent like our kindergarten or first grade students, we have kids writing code learning how to dialogue online, being able to complete projects remotely while kids are working real time through our Google Classroom sites. All of these things are just making a more holistic and academically rigorous approach for our students. And at the end of the day, what we, what we end up seeing is, is the kids are being much more successful. And I always say out of a negative, there's a positive and obviously the pandemic forced uh, new teaching skills and new technology. Uh, that we weren't really preparing for this uh, a year and a half ago or so. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, how do you teach skills for jobs that are not yet created? So this is our problem. Imagine a kid that was in one of our Catholic schools 15 years ago. Some of them may have positions like app developer for Apple. Now, that's not a job that existed that we could have planned to do that. And so the important part here is not so much the, the job that we're training them for, but the critical thinking skills that we're, we're dispensing to our kids so that they have the ability to be successful no matter what the career is that they choose. And that's where this technology allows us to do that, where we can help kids with inference and math facts and working on algebraic computation and all the things that you would have done in school normally when you're reading through a textbook. Now it's immersive, we're engaged, we're working more as a community, and kids are acquiring these skills to be able to be successful, like I said, no matter what they decide to do uh, you know, for their future career. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you don't have a crystal ball, neither do I. Do I. Uh, we, we do not know what tomorrow will entail or the future, but the pandemic obviously is not over yet, but it is easing in the U.S. with more people getting vaccinated and some restrictions are, are being um, lessened each, each day, each week. What do you think the fall semester will look like in our schools? Well, if you consider what our year looked like this year, although there were some changes and adaptations, we really were approaching this with a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. <laughs> Wherein, you know, we, we as a school system have had a very limited amount of coronavirus transmissions. Mm -hmm. uh, almost none of them occurred in the instructional environment. Most of them were like in athletic situations or other gatherings. And it's because we work so hard, like I talked about at the beginning of the interview, because our teachers were diligent, our families were diligent, our custodial staff worked very hard, and we were able to abate a lot of these concerns. So for next year, we really are truly approaching this as a get back to normal type situation. But that's in dialogue with the CDC and our departments of health. And as they continually give us updates every couple of weeks, we'll amend and adapt. Families will remember that just a few weeks before school started this year, they decided that students needed to wear masks and that we had to change sort of our desk setups and those types of things. And so it's certainly possible that very close to the beginning of the year, we get thrown another curveball. But if experience shows us anything, we're adaptable and we're able to, to certainly respond to whatever our needs are to make sure our kids 
and our staff members are safe. Well, kudos to you and your staff. Uh, tremendous job uh, this past year. Now, for parents in the city of Pittsburgh and the eastern suburbs uh, who might be interested in learning more about Catholic education, how can they learn about the six elementary schools in the Pittsburgh East region? So the acronym PERSES, Pittsburgh East Regional Catholic Elementary Schools, is our website, so PERSES.org. But I would actually encourage folks to go onto our diocesan website as well. We're starting a new marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Families may have seen some of our TV spots mm-hmm. or radio ads about our, the virtues of our Catholic school. And if you go on to that, you'll be able to even click multiple schools to get information from and grade levels. And those uh, local principals or, or their, their um, associated staff will be glad to reach out to you and get you any information, no matter where you're located in the East region or not. And then um, obviously over the summer, uh, some, some schools uh, and staff are on limited skeleton staff, so to speak, uh, with the offices still open, but people can come take a tour of the building, first-time parents. Uh, check out the website, obviously, it's a good thing. Yeah, so the, the website's sort of the baseline about what we can offer to families, but mm-hmm. really that connection exists when you finally walk into the school. You feel like, okay, this is my home, this is where my kids are gonna be successful. All of our building principals, again, not just in the East region, but across the entire diocese, mm-hmm. will be glad over the summer to take families for tours. In fact, it'll be much easier uh, now that we won't have kids in the buildings or teachers, because again, we're still trying to limit exposure. So right. the availability of those opportunities really will open up um, in, a, in a few weeks here. And uh, again, I would direct you to the diocesan website um, at diopit.org and click on the schools link with, that will give you all those pieces of information for all of our schools. And there might be uh, people, a lot of people move or relocate over the summer. So new families coming in. Uh, shopping, so to speak, for uh, some schools in the area. That would be a great resource to check out the diocesan website and then whatever region that they are in the in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, the city of Pittsburgh, and then obviously contact this, each individual school for a tour. Mr. Joseph Rossi, the director of the Pittsburgh East Regional Catholic School System, thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you, Father. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Catholic Education Plus here with Father Tom Burke on KDK Radio. This week in our Plus segment, we are featuring Corpus Christi Sunday, also traditionally known as the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ on this Sunday, uh, June 6th. Obviously, as a Catholic, uh, the Eucharist is the center of our faith. And in the Gospel of Mark today, today's solemnity focuses on the real presence of the Eucharist. Jesus truly is present at the banquet, in the liturgy of the word, in the Eucharist, within the assembly, and also with the priest as the presider. Uh, Blood is life. The people of ancient Israel used blood in rituals to sanctify altars, consecrate priests, and to seal the covenants between God and people. And to drink his blood is to sprinkle it on one's heart, just as Moses dashed blood on the people as a sign of a relationship with God. We remember uh, the Last Supper at every liturgy uh, during Mass. Mass means Thanksgiving. We come to be nourished and to be fed with the Word and God. So on this Corpus Christi Sunday, let us truly be reminded that Christ is present in the liturgy of the Eucharist and the liturgy of the Word. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.